Anita, how's your mental health? <laughs> Questionable <laughs> at all times. You know this. Yeah. How's the mental health of your children? Um, also a little bit tricky. Can I tell you my experience in trying to find therapists for myself and my kids, Mel? Yes, please. Okay. This is how it goes. You ask around your friends and your family for a referral for somebody who's nearby. You finally find somebody who sounds like they might work for your family. You give them a call and you find out that A, they're not accepting new patients or B, they have a huge wait list. So you start over again and you ask people if they know anybody who would be a good therapist and a good fit. Finally, you find one, you go and you meet with them and you figure out that you don't actually like them that much. But it's been so much work to find somebody who you can go to in your area that you're kind of stuck with them. Well, do you have any ideas for how to get around this? Um, I do, because guess what? I've actually had some therapists that I have found on my own, which involves what you're saying. Sometimes I remember one time I was like three hours in the bathtub on my phone looking through yeah. websites. I was such a prune at the end. But I have also had the experience with working with BetterHelp and it was like, I, I don't want to say too good to be true, but because it is true, but it's like amazing because I was matched with my therapist within 24 hours. And you didn't have to go through all of that other ridiculous process of trying to find somebody. And here's the cool thing too, is if that person didn't work out for you, you can just switch and say, and it's not like you're committing to another years long search for somebody who you're going to jive with. It's true. And I lucked out or maybe just BetterHelp is really good at matching people together because I never had to change my therapist. I loved her. Perfect fit for me. And I know that some of our friends have used BetterHelp and they've had to change therapists and boom, same day can change. Easy peasy. You can ghost your therapist. <laughs> Get a new one. I love this idea. BetterHelp is one of our sponsors. If you use our promo code, trybetterhelp.com slash WWDN, you get 10% off your first month and we totally recommend it. Yes. Get some therapy. That's <laughs> trybetterhelp.com slash WWDN. Mel. Anita, tell me everything. Okay. I had the coolest realization this morning while I was riding my bike. What? You ready for it? Yeah. Can you remember in like the olden days when like in movies and stuff, it would be like Little House on the Prairie and old, what's his face? What was his name? Charles. John Wayne? Charles. No, Charles Ingalls would be like, oh. I need to go visit the widow Johnson and take her some wheat. Remember how they okay. used to call people the widow whatever in like the olden yes. days? We need to start calling each other that. You're the widow shore, and I'm the widow <laughs> coil, and people need to bring us, like, bottled peaches and stuff. Please bring us some wheat and tares. <laughs> Isn't that the coolest? Like, have you ever thought about that? Actually, one of my friends, who is one of the funniest people I know, started calling me the widow shore, like, I two days after. I love it. I've never even thought about that. That like in all the movies and stuff, they're like, we got to go, we got to go down to the widow Cartwright's house and do something for her. That's her roof. Take our sickles and thrust with your might. That <laughs> Whoa, that. that's a little, that's a little <laughs> Okay, wait, okay, wait. <laughs> I was just dying about that. I thought that was so funny because why did they call? And if you imagine that if we were widows, like... In the olden days, what would happen when you became a widow is, like, you would revert ownership back to, like, 
your dad or something. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, women weren't allowed to be in charge of themselves. And it'd be like, who can they marry immediately? Who can the widow coil get married to? I'm pretty sure my dad felt that way when Scott died. He's like, great, now I get her back again <laughs> She's for my- the how manyth time. <laughs> She's mine again. She's under my control. Well. Oh, gosh. Okay. The good old days. The good old days. Well, the widow shore. How's your week gone? Oh, the widow coil. <laughs> my week has been productive with much work. Has it? So, yes. Good. I am... I am really good at, at hyper-focusing if it's something that I care about yeah, or that it's, like, I'm working towards and it's happening. So my brain is kind of firing on all cylinders, except the thing that is bad about that as far as, like, being nice to people is I, like, have no social skills when I'm hyper-focused. All I can do is the task at hand. Yeah. So I've been You're in like, my cave. Leave me alone. Yeah. Like, no notifications on my phone. I'm shut down. And everyone's like, what's so wrong with her? Much. How many times have I, I texted you? you, are you dead? <laughs> At least three yes. in one day. <laughs> no, it was over two days. So, But you, yes. did, you did respond that you were not dead. I'm not dead. I don't have any diseases that I know of. Yes. Oh, I do have a story because it's been like a few weeks a since we weeks. last talked. Yeah. I went on a retreat with Scott's family to a cabin by a lake, and it was really good. It was really fun. And I had gone a couple years ago, and it was right after Scott died, and I was just, like, not okay. And so sometimes, you know, for me, it's hard being around families and situations like that or, like, having reminders of – I'll last about, like, two hours, and then I'm like, oh, yeah, my husband's dead, and everybody else has a family, and, like, ah. And so this – the first time it was – I wasn't sure how I'd react, um, and I was only there for a few days, and it was good, um, and I was able to be there for a little bit of the time. And this time, I didn't go last year because I was um, out of town, but this next time, um, or this last time, I got to take my dog, Scotty, with me, and I had so much fun. And I didn't stay the whole entire week. I I left a couple days early because I had some work to get done, and and just in case, like I had a meltdown or something, I didn't want to burden people. Um, but I think I could have stayed the whole time, and it was so much fun. And so for me, that was a really good sign of kind of looking back over time and seeing how I've progressed in some healing. That's so great. And you texted me that you jumped in a lake and you got your hair wet, and so I was so proud oh, of you. I know. And the other thing is, we have a a fellow widow friend. That told us about how she takes cold showers every day and she started doing that and it's like jump started her what lymphatic system or something and I was like, That sounds terrible. But then when I jumped in the lake, I was like, Oh my gosh, I feel so clear headed and I feel like I can get stuff done. And so actually that kind of jump started me into this kind of uh more productive work zone that I am in now. So I've been doing the cold shower thing. Do you know why Ever cold since? showers make you feel like that? Because your body thinks you're going to die. <laughs> oh, well, perfect. I don't, I don't know if that's really true, but I think it's got to be something like that. That goes into like shock. But yeah, cool. And and also I went down on my medication, which I didn't realize was also doubling as a nerve pain medication. So I'm starting to actually feel feelings more and like feel the breeze on my arms. And that's a new phenomenon. So I would say right now I'm doing pretty well. A-okay. Awesome. Now, 
I want to hear about what is happening with you because oh boy. school time, kids, been, lots of things. Yeah. I've had a, like, pretty bloated couple of weeks, too, in various ways. For example, last week, I just decided, like, I'm just doing my thing. And I was like, it's time to sell Jason's car. And so I was like, do it. And before, I was not even ready to even consider it and put it on like the classifieds sold boom gone and then i was like i'm ready to sell a bike also i like it was so weird because it just all of a sudden it was okay to do and before it wasn't okay to do so i sold a bike i sold jason's car and then kind of on the flip side of that a week and a half or so ago i had this weird night Or, like, all my kids just were waking up and coming into my bedroom and waking me up. And, like, when you're up in the middle of the night, things get weird, right? And so at some point in time, I got on my phone and got online and bought... You started dating somebody. No, I bought a load. (laughs) You can't put that in there. (laughs) There needs to be a duck of luggage. Okay. And... It seemed like the right thing to do, like the only thing to do in the middle of the night. And then I woke up and I was like, why would you do that? There's not, you can't even go anywhere. Guess what came in the mail today, Mel? Oh, all of them? All, no, package one of two came. <laughs> so, Okay, now can we talk about this because it's yes. Cotopaxi. Yes. You told me about this last week. Yes. And anybody that knows the brand Cotopaxi knows that their colors are irresistible and everybody wants all the Cotopaxi things. Yeah. And now I want all of them. So if you can't use them, can I? <laughs> I have plenty because I bought, are you ready, seven yeah. bags. Seven. There's only five people alive in my family. Alive? (laughs) I mean, Jason doesn't need a bag. Okay, but wait. Did you get a backpack? They're all backpacks. And they're all, like, big carry-on size backpacks. So, So you got one for me and Scotty. That's what the other two are for. Okay. Fair. That's Since okay. We're widow wives. I know, but I don't know how Scotty is going to wear this backpack. He might have to use the um, duffel bag that I got. Okay, we'll figure it out. Uh, wow. So, and you were not even taking any sleep meds or anything, right? Like, no. But okay, this was not an ambient purchase. This was not an ambient purchase. But one of my favorite things to do during the day when I'm feeling angry or upset or like frustrated or hopeless, and I don't know if other people do this, but I will get online and I will add things to my shopping cart, right? With with abandon, you know, just add like thousands of dollars of whatever to a shopping cart and then I close the browser, right? But for some reason that makes me feel good to just add things to my shopping cart like I have all the money in the world to buy whatever I want. Well, apparently the part of me that stops me from actually buying the stuff is asleep in the middle of the night. And I don't have that um, buffer or that guardrail to keep me from putting my credit card in and buying a lot of luggage. All of the things. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's not really well, luggage. Congrats. It's like travel bags. I don't even know what to call them. But anyway, yeah. 
Well, so now you're poor. Yes. A poor old widow I'm coil. Poor, I'm the poor young widow coil. <laughs> oh, and then school started. So last week was the first week of hybrid learning. And so my kids were gone for half of the day for two of the days. It was wild. I was like, what is this? I don't know what this is. But this week is the first week that we've really had to do homeschool. Today was the first day. Because last week they just were like, you know, kind of getting into the swing of things or whatever. And this week was the first day. Today was the first day that I had to actually make them do stuff. And I was like, I quit. I had to leave my house two times so I didn't punch one of my kids in the face. I mean, like, really, I wanted to just punch him in the face. I was so frustrated. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's so much. That's, like, so much on a parent and then add a widowed parent to that mix. Yes. And And this is a difficult child in the first place. He has been difficult his whole life. So, oh, my gosh. I hope we make it. We got through... One schoolwork without too much. I mean, I bribed him with a bag of potato chips and it took like a little bit of of like, come on, come on, come on. But physically, I cannot do the, everything I need to do because both of them need me to sit right next to them and go through like, and now do this and now do this and now do that. And it takes them like 45 minutes to read one paragraph because one of them is learning to read. And I don't think anybody should have to help teach anybody to read. It's the most frustrating thing in the world. And then the other one is doing his thing. And then I have to keep track <laughs> of the three-year-old and not let him light anything on fire. It's just like, ah. I don't see what the big deal is. I don't either. I'm calm now. Send your your before. difficult child over to the Widow Shore's house <laughs> so he can do some yard work. <laughs> will you give him a yarrow tincture afterwards? Yes. Okay. My mom will. Cool. I'm sure he will just say terrible things about that to you. Like, ew, gross! Yeah. And then I'll be like, listen, any time that you act up at your mom's house, you get this yarrow. And maybe it'll work. Maybe it'll straighten them out. Anita and I were talking about herbs and tinctures because her sister and my mom love making homeopathic remedies, yeah. right? Yeah. What would you call it? Yeah, that's a good way of saying yeah. it. Yeah. Let's just send your child to the herbal school, the herbalist school with your sister and my mom, and then he can decide what life he really wants. Okay, this is funny because um, yesterday... He was grounded because he made some poor life decisions. And so I go outside and he has set up this wooden bed on top of an electrical box. Those like big green ones out in your yard on the corner. And he has on a sweatshirt and he's pulled it over his head and all these blankets and a pillow. And he's made a sign that says, homeless, please give money one dollar is fine okay oh my gosh he was so upset that nobody would give him money and i'm like dude this is your own neighborhood people know who you are you're not tricking anybody but this is funny because today in the middle of schoolwork, i was texting a friend who has a million kids and is like a saint and amazing and i was like how are you doing this and we kind of chatted back and forth and at one point in time i texted her and i said well it turns out 
that my 10-year-old actually probably needs to practice being homeless more often because that's what it's going to that's what he's going to end up being if school continues as it is today. So, you know, maybe he needs to go down the homeless path. I don't know. Yeah, maybe that will straighten him out. You never know. Or maybe he'll like be a millionaire. He's going to be an herbalist because he'll have to like forage in the mountains Ooh. for weeds. I think people will just give him money. One dollar is fine. So we have a very special guest, of course, coming up. Always a special guest. Um, This one's Mm -hmm. different than the other ones because we're always having different ones. So we hope you enjoy meeting our guest. Stay tuned. I'm Anita. I'm Mel. We're We're two young widows. We're the widow shore and the widow coil. I'm the young widow. Trying to figure out... Widow. Widow. We do now. Now. Okay. Go get my ox cart. Where's the oxen? (laughs) Mel. What? Do you want to introduce our guest today? Yes. So a few months ago, we got an email from a listener, and she told us that she had experienced the loss, the sudden death, I believe, of her boyfriend, and... She had found our podcast and reached out to tell us that it was helping her. And then a little bit after that, she agreed to be a guest on the podcast. And her name is Hannah. So, hi, Hannah. Thanks for being here. Hi. And I want to... I don't mean this in a rude way. This is, like, my favorite thing because (laughs) both emails, I think, when you send it, they said, Ugh! Either in the subject line or, like, in the body of the email. And it was like, I know we feel like that, right? It's like, ugh. I think that's all I ever do. <laughs> so I've decided to name you Han Ugh. Welcome, Hannah. I'm sorry that you're here, but I'm also glad to meet you in person. Well, <laughs> nice on to Zoom. meet you guys. <laughs> on Zoom. Hannah, where do you live? I'm in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Ooh, you're at the tippity-top-ish. Not, I guess, tippity the tippy-tippy-top, but the top-ish. Mm-hmm. How, oh, wow. how many hours or minutes from Canada are you? Ooh, probably about an hour and a half. Nice. <gasps> you can go visit Karen, except for the you can't, but you sort of can. They won't and, let me in. I know. That's right. <laughs> Not yet. She doesn't want us right now. But I think we have two Canadian Karens, and I believe one of them is in Calgary, in the Calgary area. Mm-hmm. So that would be... You guys get Calgary is like nine hours from us. Okay. So yes. a long road trip, and you guys can eat cheese, maybe. Hey, I've been there. I've <laughs> skied up near Calgary, so... <laughs> Love it. Hannah... Tell us a little bit about yourself. How old are you? What do you do for your job? And then we'll get into all the nitty gritty. I am 25. I am an interior designer. Uh, I used to own a coffee stand for about five years and I just sold it in September, uh, last September. So my what's parents a- own this interior design center. So I kind of grew up in it. I what's literally a coffee stand? Coffee. Like oh, the coffee. Drink. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, Anita, if you know about this, but they're like these beans and they make oh, yeah, those things. Yeah. No, but I thought she said copy stand and I was like, like to sell magazines or <laughs> yeah. what? Coffee stand <laughs> makes way more sense. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> wow. So Hannah, continue. you're like a boss lady, businesswoman. I try to be. <laughs> That's amazing. I love it. What I don't love is that I know that you're here because 
your boyfriend died. Will you tell us a little bit about, before we get to all that sad part, will you tell us a little bit about your and your boyfriend's relationship and kind of walk us through your early part of your life? Yeah. So I will, you know, how I met Lucas. Um, I went to a concert with some of my friends in Spokane, which is about half an hour away. That's Washington. Um, and we ended up staying the night there uh, and then driving home the next morning. And we had had a couple too many cocktails, so we weren't looking too hot. Uh, and we went into Nordstrom's Rack, which that's in Spokane. Um, and as we were checking out, there was this guy and his girlfriend checking out across from me. And I, we all kind of noticed it, my three friends and I. And when we get in the car, he's walking across the parking lot. and. Uh, my friend Aubrey in the back seat was like, do you think that that was that guy's mom or his girlfriend? And I thought it was his mom. Aubrey and Kelly thought it was his girlfriend. Um, so we kind of just like laughed it off and drove home. And uh, my friend Kelly and I's thing was to do on Sundays was because we were both not interested in dating. We were just kind of on our own doing our thing. So we'd lay in our bed and scroll through Bumble, the dating app, as just like a joke to like see what's going on. And um, the first person to pop up was Lucas and a picture of him and his girlfriend, aka mom. No way. <laughs> uh huh. So uh, I was like laughing and we screenshotted it and uh, he and I ended up matching on Bumble. So we kind of talked for a little bit and then we had our first date uh, a couple weeks or a couple days after. I think this was on a Sunday. We had our first date on Thursday. And then he was actually moving over to Spokane from Seattle because he had just gotten a job with a medical device company. Um, and so that was his region. And so when he moved over the first weekend, he had me over for dinner and I told him the story about <laughs> how his mom look like his girlfriend and uh I was like oh my god this guy's never gonna talk to me again he probably thinks I'm a creep (laughs) so uh we ended up just kind of clicking from there and uh, his mom was very thrilled (laughs) that she looks like his girlfriend Uh, I know and she's okay (laughs) okay wait, wait 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 I am so confused so that was not his girlfriend. It really was his mom. It wasn't his was girlfriend his that looked like his mom. It was his mom. Okay, because I was like, why is he on Bumble with a girlfriend mom? No, the okay. picture was him and his mom and his brother. Okay. And he's, he told me, he's like, I couldn't crop my mom out of the picture, but it was a too good of a picture of myself to not put on my profile. <laughs> it was Lucas okay. with a cougar. Anita? Yeah. Exactly. Got it. <laughs> hey, Hannah, what year was this? Um, this was actually last October, so we hadn't really been together for that long. Um, but and then um, I think we started like officially dating in November. Uh, so it was like late October. Started dating in November, and um, he freaked me out because he'd buy me flowers all the time and. He was just such a sweet guy. So I tried to dump him because I wasn't ready for <laughs> As you somebody. To, I was, I'm used to crappy situations and relationships. And my mom, sister, dad, and brother-in-law sat me down and they're like, you will not screw this up. <laughs> so I finally kind of got over that. And, and uh, Lucas and I were like inseparable. Uh, we were just 
process of building our house. Um, we were supposed to sign on our property on the 17th of June. He passed it the 2nd. So we had our house plans. Um, I'm an interior designer, so I drug him around our showroom and made him okay all this stuff. I wasn't going to allow him to have a choice, but he just had to okay it. <laughs> um, and so we had everything put together, and we were set to break ground in July. And this all happened so in June. So he kind of left me at a crappy time. Ah, uh, what a jerk! They're always doing that, right? And, so um, what? Yeah, what first time? What <laughs> happened? How old was he? Um, he twenty. He turns twenty six next Monday. Okay, so, so you guys are about vlog. the same age, and. Mm-hmm. And he was healthy, like no health problems. This was pretty shocking, no. right? Well, uh, very shocking. He had played college football in Colorado, uh, and he had a scar on his brain. Is what they think led to his epilepsy. Um, so he died of a sudden epileptic seizure in his sleep. And um, so SUDEP is that right? SUDEP, yep. Yeah, we're learning about that because we have other people in the Widow Wives Club whose husbands have died of SUDEP. So it's such a crazy thing. They can be. I mean, Lucas was healthy. He was fine. He um, was medicated for his seizures. He hadn't had one in a year and a half, I think. So I'd never even known him to have a seizure. Uh, Holy cow! But yeah, not this cool. Like, ugh, yeah, yeah. He um, lived in Spokane. Um, and usually if he was in town, cause he traveled a lot for work, he was a sales rep. Um, if he was in town, usually we were together, but that night I just didn't go over to Spokane cause he was leaving early the next morning. And, uh, I went to the gym at six and he was always up at, at least five o'clock to go work out cause he was an overachiever. Um, and so I texted him and didn't get anything back. And then around eight o'clock I texted him again, didn't get anything back. And I knew he was supposed to be leaving for a meeting by 8 a.m. Um, and so at around 9.30, I kind of had a weird feeling. And I had woken up in the middle of the night around 2.30 that morning and had just like a weird, weird feeling. Um, so I was kind of on edge. And I called my mom because we all work together, but she was late to work as usual. <laughs> um, I called her and I was like, I think I need to go to Lucas's. And she had a weird feeling too. So we drove over to his house. Um, it took us about an hour and 15 because of traffic and, um, went into his room and he was gone. He had been gone for about, I'd say quite a while. Um, you could just tell, I mean, all that fun stuff. So, uh, my mom was with me and we had to call 911 Nothing was moved in the bed. It wasn't like he had, you know, had a huge seizure. So it almost makes me, what, from what I've heard about this suit up as well, is it's usually just kind of an instant turn off of your brain. Um, so I think he'd be gone for at least four hours. Holy cow. That is mm-hmm. so much so. to handle. Like, isn't it so interesting how many people have not premonitions, but uh, like you can tell that something is wrong. Yeah. And interest, interesting that you woke up in the middle of the night and had that feeling. Mm-hmm. I usually don't sleep very well. Um, I've been medicated for my sleep for a long time, but uh, 
it was just a different kind of feeling when I woke up. I mean, I'm used to waking up multiple times a night, uh, but when I woke up at like two 30, I just kind of had like a lump in my, or a, I guess like a pit in my stomach. So, um, I was kind of a bit worried. Um, and then when I went to the gym at six, you know, I kind of felt a little weird, um, but just figured it was just, you know, just being yeah, paranoid. Trying, yeah. Just try and anxiety. talk yourself out of those things. You're like, no, it's, you know, I'm just being paranoid. I'm just, you know, exactly. I'm just crazy. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yep. And then about nine 30, I was like, okay, something's off. So that's, yeah. I wonder, so, you wonder if like the time that he had the seizure was right when you woke up, because if you guys, it seemed like you're, you guys connected really quickly and you're on the same page and you said you were inseparable and sometimes people's energies are so entwined that they can feel the other person's kind of pain or something is wrong. So, yep. I think that was exactly it. I think I knew, um, that was it. And or that was the time now that I think back to it. Uh, but you don't want to think that way. <laughs> right. Totally. You want, yeah. You're just like, I must be crazy. So Hannah, yeah. I mean, Oh, it's so hard. Oh, <laughs> this whole episode, we could just go, Oh, um, uh. yep. wow. Well, both Anita and I understand the feelings of sudden death. And when we know what it did to our brains and our emotions, will you walk us through what it was like for you from the moment that you found him to kind of where you're at right now? A lot of shock. Uh, you know, we kind of had to step in quickly. Luckily, I mean, my mom was with me, which is crazy. Um, and so we had to put him on the ground and give him CPR. Uh, I went outside waiting for the uh, EMTs cause I just couldn't be there. My mom was giving him CPR. Uh, and then, cause I kind of had a feeling he was already gone. Um, it just wasn't him. You could tell his soul wasn't there. Um, so EMTs came and my mom came outside with me and, uh, my mom is, we've kind of had a crappy three and a half years. Uh, she's been battling breast cancer. So she's stage three C, but was diagnosed stage four up here in Idaho. Um, so we went in to Houston, MD Anderson, um, and she had treatment down there and did all the treatments. And so she's been in remission. So we hope she scans in a couple weeks. Uh, but she, I just remember her screaming at God, uh, why not me? You know, it's Lucas was kind of my rock during all of, not all of it. Cause obviously he wasn't there, but she had a lymph node surgery. That was a really big experimental surgery a couple months ago. And Lucas kind of was there for me. Well, kind of, he was there for me. Um, so I just remember her screaming at him and uh, kind of talking to the police officers. I sat in the dirt by the house and I couldn't think, talk, couldn't do anything. I was just in shock. And I think that that shock was there for about two weeks, three weeks. It's two and a half months, you said, right? Since this happened. Mm-hmm. Do you still feel remnants of shock or has it kind of settled? I know it might be hard to tell right now. You might notice even more like in a couple months, but what are, what are your observations right now?
Sometimes we assume that unless we had a huge life insurance payout, we don't really need to know anything about investments or even finances. But guess what? A little knowledge of finances is critical for all of us. Maybe your partner was in charge of that stuff and now you find yourself making all the decisions. Maybe you're mad about that. Maybe I am. Nicole from the He's Gone But The Money's Not podcast is here to help. She tackles financial literacy by telling the stories of women and widows and finance experts and shares the lessons they've learned as certified financial planners. Whether you know a lot and feel confident in your financial decisions or feel unsure about all of that stuff, there is more to learn. Listen and subscribe to the He's Gone But The Money's Not podcast on all podcast platforms. This ad was paid for by Rock House Financial, an SEC-registered investment advisor. I think I feel shocked um, as to, I mean, Lucas was gone on the road a lot. So for work, um, so the fact that he's not with me all the time, that's kind of not different for me. Um, But more the shock of, and I don't know if this is ever going to wear off, but that he's not here. So uh, I still think that there's a little bit of shock. I can kind of feel the numbness wearing off and um, the kicks in my stomach a little bit more. (laughs) Um, So I don't know. I honestly, it's day by day. It depends. Some days are good. Some days are bad. Obviously we all know that. Um, So we'll see. (laughs) It's still early. I totally relate to what you just said where you weren't with him all the time because he would travel. That's how my husband and I were. Um, I was either traveling or he was either doing a show and traveling. And so it's like, oh, is this real? Like part of your life is the same. Mm -hmm. And for me, I would always equate it to being like, oh, well, my husband is just like out of town and and doesn't have cell reception or something. Exactly that part kind of plays such a trick on your brain, don't you think? And then you fall into like the reality and it's just like stabbings in your gut. It's so confusing. Mm -hmm. I would have, one time I had a nightmare that like I couldn't, where was it? It was like Scott was in Mexico and I couldn't get a response from him. And so I was trying to figure out if he died (laughs) or not. It was just like a weird trauma dream, but it's like, I think part of like that um, things being so normal with him being gone on a, on like a trip or something versus like he's actually dead, like super messed with my brain. Have you had any kind of weird dreams or what's it been like for your brain? Um, not good. <laughs> Lots of weird dreams. Uh, I've always, like I said, I had sleep problems, uh, but the dreams are probably every night. Some of them not as bad, but, um, I'm on a new medication that I think helps a little bit. It's pretty much four nightmares, my doctor said. Uh, but I have a lot of dreams that he like broke up with me and he doesn't want to see me. Yes. Or yeah, I remember one dream I woke up just pissed because he had left me right after we signed on our property. And I was like, well, uh, what? We're not done. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. Yeah. Excuse me. So, and I've had a couple times where I've woken up and, um, kind of had to remind myself that he's gone and you know like in the middle of the night it's like I wake up and I'm like why would he break up with me you know we were so good and then it's like oh he didn't he kind <laughs> of did yeah he died way. on me yeah he's like now I'm just gonna haunt you yeah exactly I had a dream that we were at like a family function 
and that Jason was so, 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 so mad at him. Nope. So, so, so mad at me because I was not talking to him and I was ignoring him. And finally he was like, why? You have not talked to me the whole time we've been here. And I was like, I'm such a jerk. And then in my dream, I was like, I haven't talked to you because you're dead. Like, I really haven't talked to you. So I was like, now I don't feel so bad. But then it made me sad because I was like, I would like to talk to you. Come back. Wait, come back. Yeah, Yeah. I I have those. I don't have them as much now. But right after Scott died, it was like a year, I think. And I would always have these dreams. The scenarios were always different. But the thing that was the same was he was mad at me. And he wouldn't speak to me. He wouldn't look at me. And then I was always trying to be like, okay, I did something wrong. Like, what did I do? Like, I'll try and be nicer or something. Like, hey. Mm -hmm. And I could never figure it out. And I wish that I could learn how to do lucid dreaming because I think that would be helpful to, like, in your dream, be like, oh, no, this is, like, not real. But I would wake up and it felt like it was totally real. And it took me, like, half a day to get that out of my brain. It's like it just kicks you in the stomach. Or I feel like a walking trigger warning that everything is a trigger to me right now. It's like I can't even look at, uh, I don't know anything (laughs) yeah I am impressed that you wanted to talk to us so soon and I know part of it is helpful for healing but also like props to you for for being able to like tell your story because it's hard like I'm I'm thinking to two and a half months uh and it's just like still so fresh and your brains are so scrambled with a sudden death and um you know Anita do you remember what you were like at two and a half months Right now, I was like, if you could see my face, I was like looking up in the sky, like somebody who's trying to do calculations, you know, and I was like, what (laughs) two and a half months have been? It would have been the middle of March. What was happening in the middle of March? Zero idea. I cannot, I don't think I can remember. No, I remember your brain. Yeah, your brain was mush. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's, I really can't remember anything even like so this spring some of my friends were texting and they were like remember how last spring it rained and rained and rained until the beginning of like june and i was like it did (laughs) i could not yeah i was like (laughs) i don't remember that at all and they were like yeah it rained like every day for you know seven weeks nope no recollection of that i that was like my like i found with my with my stuff it's like now my body clock is six months off maybe i should move to australia because i'd probably be on there because there for six months with liz hey liz (laughs) i'm gonna come join you because my body is on your hemisphere's clock yeah it was like you don't remember stuff from a big chunk of the initial right after the initial death and then i got sick like with pneumonia and whatever and so then i was like in bed a lot and so i don't remember going outside hardly at all in six months (laughs) it's like i'll still get confused like if it's april i'm like but it's october right and i don't know what that is so you lose complete track of everything not not only time but just like your life (laughs) Like, I don't, there's so much that it's just like, wait, did I do that? I, I have always been like a kind of forgetful person, but right now I feel like if my head wasn't attached to my body, I wouldn't know where it was. It's <laughs> COVID isn't helping with that situation either, because I feel like a lot mm-hmm. of people, like, even for me, I'm like, I don't even know what day it is. I don't know what's going mm-hmm. on, which is the same as it was before, but it's a little bit different and like everybody's doing it. 
you know? So it, Yeah, exactly. It's weird. Now, what was Coeur d'Alene like in June with COVID? Um, well, we were just starting to open up a little bit. Um, we had actually, the Saturday before Lucas passed away was the first night that like all of the bars and restaurants had really opened. Um, so I, his friend came to town, um, from Seattle and we went out that night and that was like the first night anybody had been able to go out to eat or, you know, go to a bar or so it was kind of just the beginning of things opening since then we've kind of had to scale it back and it's just kind of a crapshoot jeez it just all Mm -hmm. sucks right like what a weird year it's not cool oh god 2020 needs to go somewhere else it should should (laughs) die let's i say let's swap lucas for 2020 (laughs) come yeah i'll take him (laughs) um so hannah now you guys um you weren't together that long but obviously like a strong connection and like so many of us met our people and it wasn't like we had to date for 10 years to know that that person is the one. And so this is like your (laughs) one person forever and ever. Have, have you experienced any sorts of weird things from, from people that are like, well, he was your boyfriend, you weren't married, so it doesn't count. Uh, kind of like how you guys say, well, your balloon popped, you can get a new one. It's like 10 times worse. It's kind of like uh, uh, people don't take you seriously. Uh, they don't. My mom explains Lucas to me or er, uh, explains Lucas to like her friends or her clients. Lucas was my fiance because we were there. We were, you know, we were building a house together. We were on that track. It's not like we were just, you know, a relationship that you don't know if it's going to go anywhere. We knew exactly where it was going and we had talked about our future and, you know, like it was, we were married in our own minds. A piece of paper wasn't, you know? Yeah. So I've definitely, uh, really realized people don't take you as seriously. Some, you know, like I was kind of worried that some of these widow clubs you can't join because you weren't married to the person or, uh, I've I looked up this church group that they do a big retreat every year and you had to be married with kids, which I understand that, but it's also, you know, I'd like to find something or even maybe create a retreat for people that who were dating and, you know, people can date for 10 years and never get married. I, just, yeah, I was just going to say that exact thing because mm-hmm. like I was married to Scott only for almost two years, but it's like there were, there are people out there that have dated their people longer, like way longer, like 10 years. And it's like, yeah, just because they didn't have the piece of paper doesn't mean that it, they meant less to them. So that's mm-hmm. a, a reason why I was excited that you reached out to us because I think it's important to share stories like yours. Cause it's like, well, is my grief not as valid as Anita's because I don't have kids and I was only married for almost two years or is Hannah's grief not as valid as mine because I had the piece of paper, you know, but, mm-hmm. and so I, I would, I love that you're sharing your story and it's valid and you count and, and I love that you're thinking about what you can do for people that are in your same situation because I think it's really common and people just don't know what to do with the information. Exactly. And that's, uh, there's just so, and I know there's so many people, um, that have lost, you know, from 
just knowing younger people my age who have lost their boyfriends or um, I've been I was put in contact with a gal whose boyfriend died a month after Lucas and we were kind of in the same stage. Her and him lived together and they were on the track to get engaged. They found an engagement ring in his drawer after he passed away. Um, His was a sudden death, died in his sleep, same kind of thing. So we kind of mutually have created this bond, unfortunately, through this crappy situation. Uh, But her and I both want to do that where we can do something for widows or whatever they would even call us to even call us a widow you know maybe you can invent Um, a new word i think we could (laughs) yeah when my brain cells come back (laughs) i have a question about how so were you guys able to have a funeral with covid going on Uh uh-huh um it was kind of so lucas is originally from colorado all of his family lives in Colorado, like the Fort Collins area. Um, so they were, Fort Collins is masks and um, big groups. You can't uh, meet in, I think it's like under 20 people. But somehow the church was able to get it so they could have 100 people okay. in the church. So, so in the planning of that funeral, did you feel like you were honored in the planning of that? Because I feel like kind of what we were just talking about. I know, Mel, you felt some of this, too, that it was kind of like, was he yours? You know what I'm saying? Do you get to make the funeral plans or do his parents get to make the funeral plans? Was it a good group effort or did you feel like that had some tension and some difficulty embedded in it? It was definitely, um, and like I said, how lucky I am to have Lucas's family. Uh, it, they made sure to include me and my family in everything, which was amazing. They just um, made sure that I was okay with things and uh, made sure that my family, my dad's sister, mom and I, which Lucas's parents have never met my parents yet, um, they let us sit in the front row with the family and made sure that we were included because I think everybody had that mutual knowledge that Lucas was my world and I was his. So I was pretty lucky, but I do know that a lot of people have that tension with the families where it's like, they don't, they kind of just get kicked to the curb um, because you didn't share those finances or that kind of stuff. Um, to where it's like, well, the, the parents need to take over and the girlfriend is kind of just pushed but to the corner. But still, you weren't, because, you know, like in my situation, I planned the funeral and included mm-hmm. Jason's parents, right? But for yeah. them, mm-hmm. they were planning but including you. Do I, do I have yeah. that right? Yeah. Well, that's yeah. that's great that you felt like they honored you and kept you a part of that. Um, I have mm-hmm. been curious about that. Because I think that's a big point of, ugh, can be a big point of, ugh, ugh, <laughs> ugh. Exactly. <laughs> and I know that a lot of people uh, have had issues with their husband or, well, husband's uh, family or wife's family where they kind of just aren't really brought in as a, as a whole. They're kind of singled out. Um, and I don't... I think I lost my train of thought. Like they're not as in, they're they're not as inclusive, maybe. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. And so even like Lucas's friends, uh, he has a huge group of friends down there, and each and every one of them was so inclusive towards me and um, 
they all call me and text me every day still. And, you know, it's, which I know for a lot of people, that's not the case. They kind of just, the funeral ends. And as we all know, when the funeral ends, when, that's when life begins. Uh, everybody goes back to work and back to their normal life, but you're stuck there without your husband or the father of your kids or your, per- you your know, person. That person. Exactly. The person you talk to every day. And um, so it's like that person that was your rock that could get you through this situation is the person that's uh, not here. <laughs> yeah. I remember Anita saying that all the time because she would have to go for her like cancer treatments after. And she's like, I just need my person. Like, I don't want to go here and not have my person. Like my person is not in existence in the physical form. Exactly. No, the one person I need to talk to about this whole situation is the one person I can't talk to. Right? Mm-hmm. Hannah, yeah. Hannah, I am so, so relieved to hear that his friends and family are so amazing because, I mean, we didn't get a ton of your story before. I mean, you and I had emailed about dogs and stuff, of course, but, uh-huh. <laughs> but I didn't know a lot about your story and I was just like, oh man, I... You can you can use common sense to figure out like what some of uh, the extra things that somebody that isn't married to their their person that died would go through mm-hmm. from other people. And so I was like, I hope that she um, has people around her that are treating her well and that are checking in because, man, I, I've heard stories, too, like we all have where it's like like you just said, people drop off after after the funeral and then add on top mm-hmm. of that. Some people having that bias that, well, because they didn't have the piece of paper, they don't count. They're not in the family. There are even people that are married where where maybe the uh-huh. the person's family, family, like, uh, what's it called? Nuclear family. Don't the accept. Nuclear family. And, yeah. Is that the fancy term? Where, where they all of a sudden start treating the widow like they were not. They don't count because they're not blood related. So mm-hmm. I just want to say that I'm so relieved, and you need to tell your friends and family that they are amazing. And thank you from us because oh, I will. <laughs> good job, you guys. Keep keep yeah. bugging Hannah every day. Exactly. Everybody uh, has really just like stepped up. I mean, my family especially. Uh, because he lived in Colorado, my family was the ones to go pack his whole house. My mom, dad, sister, brother-in-law, and then my brother's brother-in-law's two brothers. They, because I I couldn't step foot in that house ever again. Um, they packed his whole house up. They sent it down in pods to his family. They packed his truck up for his family to come up and drive it back down. His mom and dad flew up to drive his truck back down, and it was just kind of. I mean, things could have gone so differently. So I just, I want to know, and maybe this is super negative, and maybe you should cut this out, Mel. But um, <laughs> or add Mel, quacks. Answer me. Quack, yes, quack. quacks. <laughs> I'm curious to you though, Mel, because I felt like there was, so there was a level of support, and yes, it dropped a little bit after the funeral for like the masses, but then I felt like it was more at the four to six month mark where I felt like the people who were kind of sticking with me petered off a little bit more. And then by the year mark, there were only very few people who were still there. And I have great friends and family and support. So I'm curious to see, I would love to see if they still check in with you every day when you get a Mm -hmm. little bit further out too. 
but that, and that's I don't want to like yeah. be like we'll have Hannah you. we'll have Hannah updates like every two to yes. four months <laughs> I'll check back in <laughs> yeah. yeah because I mean we're still not even three months in yeah. so his you're friends are I can't believe you're yeah, even forming I'm sentences still... Hannah holy cow I'm I'm not usually <laughs> you're doing so. awesome I think <laughs> I uh, did sleep until noon today because I don't sleep ever. So. Yes. So I've got, you're getting me on my little bit of energy. Yay. <laughs> what are some of your coping techniques that you have learned so far? Um, reading. I read a lot. Um, I usually, which my mom kind of makes a joke, is who would have ever thought Lucas could get you to pick up a book? Um, it's like I read... All the time, there's so many books that I've ordered, and I'm pretty sure I've spent probably a thousand dollars in just books on Amazon because it's like I can't watch TV. I I can't do it. Um, I try to work a little bit, but my job can be a little stressful because I work with contractors and subcontractors and mostly men. So a lot of men don't understand, and I don't know if that's just a. I've noticed men deal with things differently than women. So they don't really understand the process that I have to go through. And so they'll call me and be like, well, we're missing three tiles. It's like, okay, well, I'll get out of bed in about three hours and maybe order that tile. But <laughs> not going to happen right now. Um, so I try to work a little bit uh, and just trying to get through the day It is the coping is different every day. Like second I, by second, literally. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, you don't know when it's going to kick you in the stomach. You really don't. It's not like you had 20 years and you're grieving the things that you guys did have together and then more time that you mm -hmm. would have had. You're grieving what you never got to have. And I'm grieving the future. And that counts. It's like you're grieving every single thing. Like you have the house that you guys were going to build. You had every single part of your future. You know, like you said, your parents hadn't met each other until then, right? Until all this mm -mm. stuff. And like even stuff like that and so for people that maybe i think our our group of widows totally are really empathetic people and they understand but for the people that are listening that may be kind of on the fence of like well is it valid that hannah's so sad you know it's like think about think about yeah. how hard a miscarriage is on a mom mm -hmm. and it's like some people would say well yeah, but you never had the baby and the baby didn't have a life. So like, whatever. And anybody that's had a miscarriage will tell you like, that's not true. Like, look at all these things, you know, and of course, it's everything is case by case and everything is different. Um, that's a different situation. But um, just kind of for argument's sake, for those people that maybe, you know, are like, well, yeah, but boyfriends are replaceable. It's like, are they? It, and that is exactly it. Um, it's I've definitely seen not that anyone's really said anything but, um, you can feel it though. Like, yeah. Like, um, just don't take you as seriously. Just that it just, you know, cause it's like, we were only together for what, nine months. Um, but it was like, and his friends have been great to being like, we grieve the Lucas Watts that we grew up with and you're gr grieving the Lucas Watts that you were going to have a life with, you know, that was the future. And so we can all have that mutual grief, but it's a little different. You have awesome um, friends. So that's definitely, I do. And a lot of them, I mean, all of my two best friends uh, flew down to Colorado and helped with his funeral and they, you know, helped his mom do pictures. And it's like, 
a lot of people, when they see death, they kind of just back out because it's like nobody wants to touch that or nobody wants to get close to somebody who's going to make their life sad. So for them to just step up and really be there for me and Lucas's friends. And actually we had uh, this weekend, seven of his friends came up to Coeur d'Alene from Colorado and we rented a lake cabin and we went on the lake and celebrated Lucas's birthday. Um, so that's something we're doing every year. And, um, they called him Bean. That was his name in college. So, uh, we call it Beanstalk. Because <laughs> I love it. The five days before, or yeah, five days before Lucas's funeral, all of the friends met together every night and, you know, just sat around and had beers and shared all their Lucas's stories. And the second we flew into town, they called me and said, get here. We need you here. You know, and I didn't know these guys that well. Cause you know, it was, he lived in Spokane and they lived in Colorado and then it was COVID. So luckily Lucas and I went down to Colorado twice. Um, we drove down there once right when COVID started cause he wasn't really working cause hospitals weren't doing any surgeries. He was in the ENT division. Um, so we drove down there and spent 10 days with his family. And it was nice because his brother plays for Wyoming, the football team. Um, but his brother was home and his parents were home from work because nobody could go anywhere. So all we did was sit at their house, go golfing, go on walks. You know, we golfed every day for 10 days. We were down there. And then a month later, Lucas and I, it was actually the week before he passed away, um, Memorial Weekend. So that Memorial Weekend or Labor Day? <laughs> Yeah, Memorial. Memorial. Mm -hmm. Okay, there goes my brain. Um, but we flew down there and took our golf clubs and golfed with his family. And some of his friends came over, and I really got to meet his friends this time. So it was kind of like God just lining everything up for what was about to happen. Um, yeah, you know, growing that relationship with his family. And Lucas and I spent three weeks at his house together during COVID because I was working from home. He was working from home and it was kind of like COVID was a blessing to just have to be stuck in the same house with each other. We watched married at first sight, which he would kill me if I was, if he knew that I was putting this out for everybody to know, but he was obsessed with married at first sight. I was watching it one day and then he got obsessed. Um, so we we watched Married at First Sight all the seasons, and we'd make dinner together every night, and uh, we just had that time to really, like, be together. And so as much as he hated COVID, he was, because he was such a workaholic, um, it really made him sit down and not have his head so far into work and to just, like, be able to have some fun because he's always, he lives by the motto, which his high school has now created a scholarship fund for him. Um, it's NO, which is never outworked was his motto that he lived by. Uh, so he was always working. He just loved it. And that was his thing. So I think he got so annoyed at coronavirus that he was like, okay, I'm out. 2020 is going to suck. So yes. I'm, I don't want to do it. <laughs> That's like the joke is my mom's like, I think Lucas knew that we were going to have to wear masks for a little bit longer. And he just decided to head somewhere else. <laughs> oh, 
He's like, you can golf every day in heaven. Exactly. And you don't have to wear a mask. So uh bye. I know. And his shots are probably so much better up there. (laughs) Plus, can you even imagine how married at first sight heaven edition is? Oh, I know. It's got to be good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So when you were talking about your mom just falling apart and being so sad and saying, like, why did you not take me? Um, when my husband died, I had a 97-year-old grandma, and my mom was mad. She was like, the Grim Reaper, the Grim, the Grim, the Grim Reaper got it wrong. She took the wrong person. She was <laughs> oh, Grim Reaper. God. A woman. Yeah, she was. The Grim Reaper's a woman. So anyway, but she was pretty ticked. She was like, this lady's 97. Like, why did you take the guy who has four young kids and his poor wife? Anyway. Right? That has cancer. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. Right before a pandemic. Well, not right before. Oh, so. man. Just your common mistake that the Grim Reaper made. Yeah. Who I made a woman, too, just a second ago. So that was, like, yes. fun and new. The Green Reapess. Re- yes. Grim- yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I want to be that for Halloween. <laughs> right? Yeah. That's very ominous. <laughs> that would be funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love the what you said about how you and your friend are going through similar things. Or you connected with her because of this, right? Is that true? Mm-hmm. I love that you yeah. guys are going to start think about starting something because that's I think that helps us to heal too um is helping others in same situations because these are stories that aren't common or they Mm -hmm. are common and we don't know about them because people are scared to say things or because they get forgotten or Mm -hmm. they get lost you know so I think that's such a great idea you'll have to keep us posted on that I will yeah I think um we kind of just were sitting there one day and we were like, no, I mean, there's what, what do you call somebody that had lost their boyfriend? I don't know if you'd call him a widow or what, but we were kind of just sitting there and I was like, do you feel like people don't take you as seriously? And she's like, absolutely. So we kind of want to do something for those people that didn't have kids or didn't have them as a husband. Um, but because it doesn't make your relationship less important it, you know, it's the same hurt and the same feeling and the same, everybody's in this crappy situation together, but these people are kind of pushed away because they weren't married or family or, or totally. you know, it kind of just puts you in a corner. I'll join your okay. group because I always feel weird or because I don't have kids and it's like, and I don't know, well, first of all, it messes with my head and second of all, I just feel feel like because I don't have the extra task of caring for kids or all those things mm-hmm. that like maybe I shouldn't be as sad it's like a mind warp to me Anita's been around oh, me before <laughs> before Anita's been around me before and I've just like totally shut down like if if like things kind of go into a it's too fo- too family oriented yeah if it's too family oriented like <laughs> she's like okay I can read her let me let me make sure I can get her out of the situation. But it's it's so it's hard. It's yeah, I definitely feel that. And I, you know, like I said before, I have the piece of paper, but sometimes it just messes with you so much. And I think I've said this on an episode before, but sometimes the only way that I would remember remind myself that I belonged to Scott is by looking at 
the picture that I had of his headstone that was on my fridge. And I was like, oh, yeah, well, my headstone, my name is on the headstone, too. So logically, that makes sense. Um, but in some other ways where maybe some others lay claim to him or like they're saying, well, you weren't married that long, so you could just go find another one or whatever. It would mess with my head um, because your your brain is at such a fragile point, especially within like the first mm-hmm. few the first few months for sure. And mm-hmm. I, I'm almost it's coming up on it'll be three years this November and I still feel pretty oh fragile in the head, you know, so. Yeah, you're still, people will say, I mean, you're young, you can, you know, you'll move on, you'll find somebody else. But it's like, well, I don't want to. I mean, like, eventually, I find myself, I I think that I'll find somebody. But it's also like, that's the last thing you think about. And so, I mean, there should be a book that's, people say stupid crap during this, because it's like, the some of the stuff people say, you're just like, what? Yeah, like, it should be a comedy show, a dark comedy show, <laughs> I think. Seriously, though, it's, I just don't, I had, um, I was down in Colorado, one of Lucas's friends invited me to be his date for a wedding Lucas and I were supposed to go to. Uh, so we went, my mom got him, or they made a spot for my mom at this wedding for my mom to go with me. Um but so I was down in Colorado and I spent the week by myself. My mom went home. And so I was just sitting in the hotel one room and it was like, or hotel room one night. It was probably like midnight. And of course I was awake because I don't sleep. And I get a phone call from this kid I went to high school with. And um, I don't, it was the weirdest phone call. I still to this day, I don't know if it was a dream or what, but it wasn't because he's in my caller ID. Uh, he calls me. <laughs> And he says, um, I heard about your boyfriend. And I was like, yeah. And he goes, that sucks. I have seizures too, but I never died from one. <laughs> I don't know how to respond to that statement. I was like, uh, okay, like, uh, you're luck- like, good for you. You're one of the lucky ones. Like, what? I just said, yeah, it sucks. Like, oh <laughs> That's all I know what to say. And it hadn't even been a month since Lucas passed away. It's like, I would wish you were here so I could kick you in the stomach. Jeez. <laughs> we talked to somebody. We were talking to someone last week, Anita and I were. And they said that while they were in the line, like the receiving line for the viewing of the body of her husband, that she would get hit on and asked out on dates. Like he wasn't even in the ground. I know. You're like he's like still here. You're like, like his body is here. Look, he's right here. I know. It's so crazy. Oh my gosh. Here, do you want to meet my husband? Seriously. Oh my god. Well, here he is. We need our listeners to submit ideas for what you call a widow who wasn't married. Yes, I love this idea. Yeah. Yes. So Let's we get need Hannah to come up some, with some ideas. Good ideas. Yeah. Because I thought about it for like the time we've been interviewing, and and I can't think of anything. Because and Anita is the master of funny names. I need more. I need more time. You need more time. So, I feel like you'll come up, but I think it would be good to do. Yeah, like yeah, I think people kind of should submit their ideas. Group think. Yeah. Okay, widow, we do hive good. mind. Let's help Hannah out <laughs> with the name. So, so Hannah, with the name, I'm curious if what you did about the house that was getting built is it finished? Did uh-huh. you like scrap the plans? Like, what did you do? Nope. So, uh, Lucas and I were on, well, 
I'll give you the backstory. Okay. In the beginning. In the um, beginning. To say it in like the that. beginning. There, there is one dog only. <laughs> <laughs> Lots up here are crazy expensive because everybody's moving up from California because Coeur d'Alene is amazing. Beautiful. Um, and so Lucas and I, my dad's a builder. Um, well, that's one of his many things that he does, but he's a builder. Um, so my dad was originally going to build, but we couldn't find a lot. So we were going through one of the builders that I work with. Um, and one day my realtor called me, who's one of my parents' best friends. And he's like, what about the lot right next to your store to your parents? And my mom's like, oh, she hates us because my dad built the house and one of their contractors that was subcontracted out parked on her lot. Um, and she wrote a nasty letter and kind of just ruined that relationship with my parents. And so my dad's like, he, she hates us, but we could try it. So my realtor put the offer in, called her up and said, there's somebody that wants to buy this lot. She didn't even have it on the market. Um, he was from Seattle and kind of just pulled the wool over her eyes. And so we had to put the whole contract in Lucas's name. Um, because she, if she saw the Lagasa last name, she probably would have bumped up the price or something. Uh, so when Lucas passed away, we had to figure out how we we're going to do that. So my mom called her and we were supposed to sign on the law on the 17th of June. She gave us till July 3rd to figure out what we were going to do. So um, my parents ended up helping me buy the lot. And so right now there's just a piece of dirt. <laughs> um, but we put a little garden on there for Lucas, uh, which I'm pissed because he said he was going to take care of all the landscaping. No. And here I am. Ugh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> And so we put a little garden there and I go water it every day and I'm going to get a bench to put on there. Uh, but I think in the next probably year, I'll build um, maybe a little bit smaller of a house, obviously. But No, go for um, a mansion, man. Like, your I heart know, is right? broken. Spend all the money. Exactly. Make all the money. Yes. Turns out this guy was like the biggest part of our loan because he made a lot more than me so uh, what i can afford right now is probably like a cardboard box yeah okay <laughs> but uh okay so a go fund me for hannah hannah's house, hannah's house. <laughs> you, you need to do one of those container houses those are rad Ooh, those are cool yeah mm -hmm. you could get like two I containers know. and live in two containers those are I awesome. totally could. Yeah, and then as you get and richer, you could add more containers, and it could be, like, really exactly. tall. It's like mm -hmm. a Lego house, sort of. Yeah. Just start out slow. <laughs> and okay. So, Hannah, I know this information because, of course, we emailed about it, but would you like to tell our listeners and Anita about your plans for an addition to your family? My family. I am getting a Vishla puppy. Um to be born hopefully in the next month or, or two months, maybe. Um, they haven't told me yet, but so I'll probably get it in like October or November. Uh, and then my life is going to be hectic because beach loves are a lot of energy. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> I know. I'm so excited. What are you going to name him or her? Do you have names yes. picked out? Uh, Lucas hated, my sister calls her husband Buddy just to like mess with him. And Lucas was like, you will never call me Buddy. 
And so I called him Buddy all the time. Perfect. <laughs> so my dog's name is going to be Buddy. <laughs> I love oh, it. Fishlas are yeah. the best. That was the dog that I got after my husband died. And he just filled this big part of my hole in my body and my heart. Well, I mean, not physically my body, duh. But I can't wait. <laughs> I know that was creepy. So I'm really excited for you to get your Vishla. They are just so great. And and Vishlas are considered Velcro dogs, which they just like to be touching you at all times. They like to sleep under your covers, curled up. They clean themselves. They're considered odorless dogs. This is a PSA for people to get a Vishla, just if you are curious. But Also, they trim their own fingernails by chewing on yep, them, my which I watched Scotty that. do. And I was like, what in the world is he doing right mm-hmm. now? Scotty I can't even get my way. kids to take care of their own fingernails. So right? there you These go. These are like smarter than most people, I think. They are the best. So you'll have to send us pictures when you get your puppy. And I we would love to check in with you like every few months just to kind of see how your journey is progressing. And also, of course when we figure out or you figure out what the name is for a widowed it's like a widowed i don't know i'm not even gonna try for whatever your new term is we're gonna make sure that everybody knows so that we can spread the word uh yeah yeah well awesome hannah we are so glad that we were able to have you thank you again for sharing your story and for being so open especially when it's so fresh. So we are grateful to have you and we're glad to have you in our community. So thank you. You're awesome. Do you have a favorite cheese? Do you eat cheese first of all? And if so, what's your favorite? Um, every cheese besides goat cheese. Uh, you are oh, like my person. Mel doesn't like goat cheese either. I love it. It smells like feet. I hate goat cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Smells like right? goats. I would say tastes like feet. Yeah, it too. does smell like goats. Um, it does. Uh, I would say smoked gouda. Yes, yum. Good answer. Gouda. Can't go wrong Lucky with that. Though. You can. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> Hannah, thank you for coming and reaching out to us and sharing your story, and especially because it's still raw and fresh, and you're kind of in a different bucket than a lot of people are. So, um, we're always trying to make the bucket include all of the people except for the people we don't like. We're not including them. But the people we do like, we want them to be in our bucket. In the bucket. Mm -hmm. In the UGG bucket. We're all crying crying the same tears in the sad UGG bucket. Into the bucket. Yes. Mm -hmm. So many tears. (laughs) We hope you guys have found this episode interesting. Reach out to us if you have a similar story or if you want to talk to us about your story. And we're sorry if you even have a story to tell. Just a reminder about the Widow Wives Facebook Club. We are still getting a lot of people applying without answering the questions. And because we're trying to make this a very safe place, we're not approving people who have not answered the questions. And the tricky thing is, is if you invite somebody, then it bypasses the questions. So instead of sending an invite, send them the link to apply for themselves. You can send that as a Facebook message. Um, That way it will give them the questions and they can answer them. And if you know of people who are waiting in the queue, um, we try to reach out to people and let them know they need to answer the questions. But if you have contact with them, direct contact, let them know also. Because we do want to let people in who should join, but we're also trying to be very, very careful about who we're letting in. So, um, And then... Join and like just the Facebook page if you don't happen to be a widow or widower. 
And thank you for leaving reviews. We're still trying to get more reviews so that we can make the podcast more accessible to others who need to listen to this. And Mel has something to say. And please share our episodes and our podcast if you feel it will help anybody. Because the more people we can get listening, the more people we can help. And the more people we can help, the more empathy for all. And the less we want to stab each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm Anita. I'm Mel. And I'm Hannah. And we're just two young widows and an unnamed entity that we're looking for a name, proper name for at this point. And right now she can be widow. Out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Until now, we'll just call her a widow. But there's got to be a, a great, I mean, it needs to be like catchy and cool. Yeah. Like Not the like. right branding. Like a widow. Widog. Yes. <laughs> and we're all just trying to figure out. Widow. Widow. We do, do now. now. Ugh, This is my favorite thing to discuss with you. Tell me, what well, is it? One of my favorite things. I do enjoy tacos and cheese and dogs. This is about how you cannot pay hundreds and hundreds of dollars for a phone plan, especially when you're a widow, your person is dead, you might have kids, you might need another option, and you just want your phone to work, you want unlimited texting and service, and you want it to be like 25 bucks a month. It blows my mind that they have plans that start at $15 a month. That is so cheap. And the cool thing is, is it uses other 5G networks. And so you don't have to pay extra for that. And you still get great service. Yep. Anita and I have traveled all over and I have used my phone. So I highly recommend it. And my mom's even on it. When my dad died, we put his phone down to the cheapest plan, which is $15 a month. And I think my mom's on the $20 a month plan and it's so worth it. It's so much cheaper than what we were all paying before. So I highly recommend it if you're on a budget or not, who cares? Ryan Reynolds is in charge of the company and they send you free stickers with Ryan Reynolds temporary tattoos. It's kind of the best. So if somebody wants to sign up, what can they do, Anita? Go to trymintmobile.com slash WWDN. Seriously, you guys, such a great idea. Save yourself some money. And if you're worried about losing data or having any changes with your phone, not going to happen. They walk you through it. Everything's fine. It's the easiest process of all time. Again, that's trymintmobile.com slash WWDN.